Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on and welcome to another Three Yards Per Carry where, you know, we complain about a lot of things and then we're going to preview Dolphins, Patriots. But as always... This show is brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code 5RSN. You get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. Of course, prize picks. Uh, I have I gave out a, a pick today on the three yards per carry Twitter account. Go check it out. Uh, use promo code 5FIVE. You deposit $100, they give you $100, and it's a one time rollover, which means you bet it once and they give it to you. So they're giving you $100. Take it. And of course, Better Edge. Go to betteredge.com slash the number five reasons and you get $25 just for signing up all right we're gonna start the show in an odd place that's the best place to start uh, with Danny Crossman uh he had uh, an availability today uh Chris Danny Crossman did yes and he was asked uh Jason Sanders on the the script kick you know that 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 onside kick that you called uh, why did you do that at that point and give them field position uh, that later turned into a touchdown. And he said, oh, you know, he just missed it. Jason, Jason Sanders missed uh, a kick on a kickoff. He missed the later field goal to give them the lead. And, of course, he could not reach the end zone, which allowed for one 93-yard kickoff return and another one that was 32 yards. Uh, he had issues with the power on his leg. What possesses somebody like Jason Sanders to kick so well in Buffalo in adverse conditions? And they weren't great conditions on Sunday in Miami, but to kind of short circuit your entire team. Like, I think, I think this was the final straw. We can agree on that. This is a long time dolphin already. I think we're done, right? I mean, there's a reality to that, um, to that position in particular that, you know, the, before you the, get going, the, before you get going, we had a, a a poll on OnlyFans, and I think it's interesting the results. I had a poll: Jason Sanders, give him next year. Seven people voted to give him next year. Get rid of him at season's end. We need a new kicker. Sixty-five people said get rid of him at season's end, and then bring in a kicker for a full-blown competition in camp. A hundred and fifty people said yes. Do that. I mean, at this point, at this point, I'm I, I'm actually more. If this is first off, as I was saying, there's a reality to that position, which means which is that you got a short fuse. You know, um, this is not this is not a position where they're going to wait forever for you to figure it out. Um, so there's that part of it, and in an odd way, I'm almost more concerned about the rest of this season. Even then, I am like if he came into the the off season and you know and and got right and went into training camp and even if you know engaged in a competition and said let's say he won it um, and he became our kicker again next year, I'm I'm more concerned about this year while he's in this mental funk than I am next year because um, you know I don't know if people still know this uh, but but we are in the playoff hunt. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, there's, there's a strong possibility. There's a, there's a fair f- possibility, I believe, still, if we win either of these next two games, not even both, just either, yes. that we're in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could win. They could win. A, and let's get that all out of the way so our listeners have that squared away. They beat the Patriots at 1 o'clock. The Jets lose to Seattle at 4.30. And we're in the playoffs at 7 p.m. on Sunday. Yep. Or we lose, Jets win, we beat the Jets, and then the only thing the Patriots have to do to knock us out of the playoffs is defeat the Buffalo Bills in, in Buffalo. <laughs> with the with the Bills buying, fighting for number one seed in, in the bye week. Right, yeah. The There's no way that the Bills can escape that. This, the Bills will need that game at home against the Patriots to get the one seed. So... <laughs> Yeah, the, the 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 chips are, you know, the deck is stacked in our favor to make the playoffs. But right. you know, confidence is not high, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Um I I get it, but I mean it, it it's still so getting back to the point about Jason Sanders, 
how at this point do you trust him to execute in a playoff game that we're hoping to be the first playoff win that we've seen since the Bill Clinton administration? You know, like that's, I don't, I don't know. I've lost the confidence in him to even kick in this next regular season game, let alone in that playoff game. And, and that sounds harsh, but you know, that's, that's the reality of whatever, whatever mental funk he's going through. I don't have the patience for it. We need somebody who can make kicks, including kickoffs, (laughs) you know, which I never thought we'd have to include, but you know, that's, that's, that's the reality. Yeah. That's new. That like, that's a new one. Last week, he could not reach the end zone and, and how your special teams coordinator and poor guy. Look, look, I feel bad for Danny Cross when I've, I've spoken to the guy. These are not incompetent people. Okay. Yeah. Let me get that out to our, our our listeners and fans of the team. These are not incompetent people. Okay. Uh I remember very simple. I remember one time uh, you remember Keith Armstrong, right, Chris? Of course. Okay. Keith Armstrong at one time had a pretty rough time, time of it as a special teams coordinator here in, in Miami. Okay. Yeah, I recall. And a lot of people said, that guy's incompetent. Uh, well, that guy went on to have a fabulous career in Atlanta and other places, okay, with highly ranked special teams units. Uh, Mike Westhoff was a great special teams coach. He couldn't get along with Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson canned him. Okay, yep, so. Yep. I recall. So these are, you know. Then he Denny became Crossman. the special teams coach of the Jets, by the way, which really. Yes, yes, and did a very good job there because, you know, he's a good coach, okay. Danny Crossman is probably going to lose his job. And it's just a whole series of things. But that admission, oh, he just missed the kickoff. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. It was not, I did not call a squib kick. I did not call an onside kick. So the man kicked off five yards and gave the ball to a first battle Hall of Famer at our 40 yard line. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's embarrassing at this point. Yeah, I, I like I said. I mean, that, again, it's not that I'm giving up on him for his career. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for all we know, he could come out of it next year and have a great year. He's had he's had great years. He's had, you know, he's had good success in the NFL in the past. I'm just saying at this point, how do you trust him in this next? Well, I mean, it, these. I guess we're kind of in a win and in mode right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got essentially, I, I, I hate to call a regular season game, a playoff game, but, but the, the Jets game is shaping up. If we were to lose against the Patriots here, the Jets game is basically a playoff game. Yes. Um, or, you know, if we win against the Patriots here, uh, you know, then, then this could be a, either way, these are pivotal games. How do you trust them next the, in a few days? let alone, you know, mm. next year. Like, that, how, how do you trust him in the playoff, the actual playoff game? I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I mean, I'd, I'd be giving some people some calls. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 been a long, uh, it's been a long season for him. Uh, I, I don't remember, I don't remember a guy going, you know, because I've, I've seen bad players here, okay? I've seen bad yep. players in Miami, like, but this is not a bad player. How does a guy go from so good this was an all-pro kicker over Justin Tucker. How do you go from that to this? Well, that's uh, he, and that's what I mean. Like you know, I'd find a I'd find a way to maybe even put him on IR or something, and then just call somebody else. You know, and um, but we've seen it happen before. I mean, how, how good was Olindo Mare for for us? And then all of a sudden, he couldn't make a damn kick. <laughs> yeah, and then Stojanovic, <laughs> Stojanovic, of course. Well, yeah, and Stoya. Yeah, no, it's 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 just awful. Uh, all right, we'll close out the first half of the show, and then we're gonna get into this game because mm-hmm. I did some film study. You know, it's well, yeah, uh, fun, right? Watching Teddy you know, Bridgewater. Sometimes, sometimes we actually do research, huh? Yeah, watching Teddy Bridgewater throw passes. <laughs> that was my <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> this afternoon. Well, I'm uh, sorry. Very quickly, and I think we could do maybe three minutes on this. Do you think Tua threw his – well, he obviously threw his last pass this this year. But has he thrown his last pass this season? Because if if we 
we, we don't trust the national media. But if you listen to the national media, the drumbeat is, oh, they should just shut them down. Yeah. Because everybody knows best. Everybody knows better than, than Tua himself. Absolutely. Do you think he's thrown his last pass this season? Well, some wonder if he's thrown his last pass as an NFL player or if he's thrown his last pass as a Miami Dolphin, uh, frankly. Um, so, you know, it's a it's a question to ask, I guess. Uh, well, all of, all of them could be questions to ask. Um, I think that the lack of the lack of genuine empathy in the media right now is appalling mm-hmm. um, because, you know, genuine empathy genuine and what what they're doing instead is is propelling their self-interested narratives in um in disguise of concern and it's an overbearing concern it's 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 a it's it's very much almost like uh like like a kid like they consider him like a kid and they're all parents mm-hmm. you know and it's disrespectful um, it's not true empathy because true empathy takes account of the other person's feelings and and what they want, you know. And heaven forbid this football player who loves football and has spent his whole life playing football may want to continue playing football. And there is not a medical reason at this point to tell him no to that. You know, and, and so I think I, I think it's really appalling the, the way that the way that these um, some of these writers uh, and there's one there's one publication in particular that I won't name that has like several writers doing all the same thing right now. Um, you know that it, it's kind of appalling how they're how they're taking advantage of this for themselves. Um, and 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 by rolling out with this, you know, this sort of, uh, fake concern thing. And, um, and I, I think it's kind of disgusting to be honest, but, um, but yeah, you you have to account for the players, the players, uh, you know, desire and all this. Does a player want to go on player uh, playing? If he doesn't want to go on playing, then who's to say anything to him? You know, Mm -hmm. you you look out for you, man. It's your life. He's made $20 million already. If he wanted to retire, he's good. Yeah, you know? just just give uh, us a head. Just let us know before March first. That's all. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you, you want to be respectful to the team about it, but I mean, like, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's fine. You know, that's I would be sad. I like the player. Yeah, I like um, him too. But you know, that's that's. I that's like the talent. I like the make. talent. I like the kid. I like everything about him. Uh, my daughter absolutely adores him. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, and you know, the not for nothing, but there's there's been lots of signs since since the Cincinnati game, really that his family are concerned Mm. that, that the people that are closest to him are concerned and and they're, they're getting they're they're weighing in heavily as, as you would expect. Um, But you know, they're weighing heavily on this. So that's, that's what sort of has me. I I think that I would be at like a zero as far as like the talk of retirement goes. Um, But knowing the relationship that Tua has with his family, and knowing that there is, I'm not saying that this family are, are, are suing him to, to, to retire. Like they're not, they're not trying to, to tell him to retire necessarily. I don't know that, but I do know that there's, or I have heard like lots of things that there's, there's a lot of concern and there's, they're very involved in this. Um, so that takes me from a zero to like, you know, maybe like a two um as far as the retirement goes the question goes nick hicks just weighed in on him and he's got a very good relationship with tua obviously he's his trainer um he's done a lot of interviews about what tua did this off season and what he did the you know previous season try and rehab from the hip and then to try and this off season try and you know get better as a thrower um he he came out on twitter right away and he's like i'm sorry but he's not going anywhere you know, I'm sorry to all the people that that just want this kid out of football for whatever reason. <laughs> yes. But he's not. But he's not going anywhere. And and so uh, no, I, I. So that's the first one to tackle is that I, I don't think he's retiring. Um, it is it is a non-zero chance in particular because of the the family thing. Um, but it's you know it's it's a pretty low chance. Uh, is this his last season as a Dolphin? I'd say also very low chance. I'd say there's 
the only the only uh, situation scenario in which we're discussing, we're genuinely discussing next year. You know, forty year old Aaron Rodgers, forty six or forty seven year old Tom Brady, or um, or Derek Carr, or somebody like that. You know, next year, uh, the only scenario where that is the case is if two is retired, and so that takes you back to the first question. Um, so the, the next question is, you know, has he played his last game this regular season and, or a playoff season? And that's a, that's a tougher one to forecast right now, particularly because the NFLPA, which I believe fully is on a witch hunt against Miami, um, because, and, and let's be clear, they think they're justified in this. You know, the, uh, because they they think there were genuine shenanigans going on with the Buffalo game, right? Yeah, um, it's not a witch hunt if you think that there are witches. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, literally, that is what a witch hunt is. But um, but I, I think that uh, you know they they believe that there were shenanigans in the um in the Buffalo game. They feel very justified in this, but it is targeted. It is biased. Like people are like, no, no, they're just looking at no. It is biased. It is it's completely biased, biased because, and, and I think we could we could go to break on this. Uh, breaking news, Kenny Pickett will start on Sunday for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he has a new helmet, you know, so he could scoop oh, okay. his brains off. He could scoop his brains up from the 50-yard line, yeah. pour him into his new helmet, and he could play with two concussions in three weeks. Nice. As a rookie. Hey, but it's yep. an important game. They're playing the, the Ravens, Chris. Like, <laughs> it's a rivalry, it's you know important. what I mean? It's an important game. Yeah, you know, but uh, I, you know, you know, Tua, you know, you know, Tua really didn't have to play against the Patriots. He, you know, he could play against the Jets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you right. Know, you know, this is really important. Nobody mentions a word about Kenny Pickett. It's all hypocrisy. Nobody, well, nobody says, you know, and and the, the NFLPA, and I, I think this says it all right there because what happened with Devontae Parker in that that game, that Patriots game, was just so obviously embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And such an, uh, you know, like, and such an obvious, like, you can scour the tape all you want of the of the Dolphins game, and you cannot you cannot find any indication that Tua that Tua had a had a concussion. You can't, you know, like you can you can look at him, look at his demeanor, look at his, you know, did he did he stumble at all? Did he, you know, was he shaking his head and stuff like that? You're really not going to find it. Um, and and that's what the Dolphins were faced with during the during that game is Tua didn't think he had a concussion, they didn't think Tua had a concussion, um, and and so there there was no nothing to detect. What about like the Patriots with Devontae Parker then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that guy was. And where were the spotters on that one? And where were the you know like like they're gonna pick on Miami here. But they, the NFLPA, you know, they reviewed the Devontae Parker situation, but they did not, they, they did not escalate it to an investigation. They chose not to escalate it to an investigation. With the Miami thing right here with Tua Tungavaloa, they reviewed it and chose to to escalate it into a full blown investigation. And I think that the time between, you know, quote the official the the start of the official review and the 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 point where they decided to uh, to escalate it to full investigation, it was probably like five seconds, you know? And, and, and I think that it was because I think it's multiple reasons. I think one, they're genuinely convinced that there's something dirty going on uh, behind the scenes with Miami, with their doctors and trainers and, and whatever. Um, and two, but you know, two is, is, if they do have the belief that two genuinely, uh, suffered a concussion in that Bills game and then suffered a bad one the very next week and now has suffered a third one of the year, then this investigation could be just aimed at interfering with the Dolphins putting him back there, back out on the field this year. Mm-hmm. And, and and I say that because, you know, it, it used to be that if a guy had a, a concussion you know, that's uh, during year. That's one thing. If he had a second concussion, then he'd have to be out for, you know, a, an automatic, like at least two weeks or something like that. And if he had a third concussion in the year, he's just shut down for the year. 
you know, and um, and so the NFLPA again, they feel justified in everything they're doing. So I'm not trying to say that they oh they just hate the Dolphins because they hate their colors or something. I don't know, but um, it, it's it's they feel justified. They think something was happening in that Buffalo game, but they also probably think that this is to his third concussion. And if they think this is to his third concussion, then part of this getting part of the I I was told that they are quote unquote all up all up in our ass. <laughs> right right yeah right now and for that reason for that reason Tua may not play again he may be done for the year you know or yeah. done for the season yes. you know because yeah. because the nflpa are up their ass so yeah and, and for those asking targeted specifically to do that to prevent Tua playing again this year yeah and for and those they might get their wish yeah and for those asking you know but if he's cleared he should be able to play yeah sure sure of course the, the problem is that they always had this arbitrary thing. They used to have this, and I'm talking, I don't know, I researched this in the 90s in Florida football, okay? And this is when concussions, you know, when head injuries started having a little, there was a little bit of awareness about head injuries. Uh, they used to have a two-concussion rule in high school football in Florida. If you were diagnosed with two concussions in a year, you were done. They took away your helmet. You were essentially banned from playing football until the following year. Uh, mm-hmm. In the NFL, you know, there's no such rule. But if you go back in time, you could see guys that have had three concussions and then they don't see the field until the following season. So yeah. who who knows if they're operating on on that assumption? But well, we and shall that's, see. And that's where the gray area, that's where the unfortunate gray area is because there are many people who are genuinely convinced that Tua suffered a concussion against the Buffalo Bills. Um, and then you have Tua himself, and uh, and to his doctors who all said, no, there was not only during the game, but in the week following the game said, no, there's 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 no evidence of that. There's no evidence of that, of, of there being a concussion. Um, so, you know, did he suffer a concussion in that Bills game or was it a back injury? You know, if it was if it was a concussion, then this was his third of the year. And the NFLPA would probably be, you know, justified here in saying, hey, uh, Tua shouldn't be playing for the rest of the year if he just suffered his third and he, you know, third, third of the season. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Usually your third concussion. And, you know, and there's a little bit more science to this because doctors tend to agree on this six to eight months, no contact. Yeah. After your third concussion. Now, that's what, you know, that's what people say, you know, so don't even play soccer. No contact whatsoever with with your head six to eight months after your yeah, third concussion. That's right, and you know. so um, so it boils down to that. It, it, in many ways, it does boil down to that Buffalo game, and the NFLPA is one hundred percent convinced that he suffered a concussion in the Buffalo game. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and and they, you know, they still, even though they conducted the investigation, which essentially, um, which essentially said that the Dolphins followed protocol that they that and that they you know the nfl came out with this full-throated you know these guys were looking out for the player they were trying their best to do um to to do right by the player uh and and all that um but they you know they essentially found the dolphins found or followed protocol even though that from the language of the nflpa immediately during before after that investigation it is clear they believe to have suffered a concussion in the game and they believe that miami covered it up you know that and and that is that is their belief and Mm -hmm. so this could be interference trying to make sure that tua does not play again because they're convinced that this is a third concussion and they're not gonna they're not gonna let the dolphins um you know say well actually he was never diagnosed with a concussion that first time around yeah, and, and they don't want to leave that tyrant Mike McDaniel to, you know, to school. Yeah, and if Mike McDaniel is such a bad guy, then why was he the one that he the one that, you know, yeah. just from just from doing film review with Tua and ask grilling him some tough questions like probably that like, interception that you've yeah, been like, talking Yeah, like why did you about, ruin Christmas, Tua? Yeah, like this cover this cover six where the read should have been easy. Um, you know, what what was going on? there and uh and and Tua was you know maybe because he just wasn't a- able to answer those questions or maybe because 
he normally it, he normally uh, has better recall. Like Tua has very good recall. Yes, he does. Uh, that's why you know that that's why the um, Mike McDaniel. You saw the mic'd up um, clips where you know he's he's talking about how, what a what a effing savant Tua is, just the way that he talks about things. So he's used to a very he's used to a very high. Um, he has very high expectations for Tua and his recall and the way that he talks about plays and mistakes. And I sort of imagine after the game, they go through film review. And what if like Mike McDaniel is not seeing that recall from him? Mm-hmm. Like, what were you looking at on this play? And, and Tua is just like, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know I, don't, I don't know. I don't remember. And then I Mike fu- McDaniel is fu- like, you don't remember? Mike. You don't remember? <laughs> go see the doctors now. <laughs> I, I think I fucked up, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I think that you know if Mike McDaniel was so evil and and all this like you know just trying to shove the player back out there, how come he's the one that flagged it? <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think that um, I think that he deserves credit for that. Um, just as like you know, in another example, going back to Devontae Parker, you know his teammate is the one that was like, no, we're stopping play right now. This isn't happening, you know? Yeah. And and that player deserves to be applauded too. And Bill um, Belichick was bitching about, you cost me a, a timeout, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I, you know, that's – that's I I don't think any uh, – to, to put any of this on Mike McDaniel is just so – Yeah, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. All right. Dumb. Uh, on, on the way out here, we're going to go to break right now, but – and I hate to do this hindsight thing, man, but I I go back to that Buffalo game that th- in week three. He really did have a back injury, and he was spazzing up on Monday. It wouldn't have been, it. yeah, it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world to sit him out in that Cincinnati game. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, short week and all that, yeah, yeah. But it was hindsight, you know, and yeah, that's hindsight, and that set up the rest of the season. All right, we're gonna go to break. And when we come back, we will talk Patriots, that juggernaut of an offense with Mac Jones and whoever the hell calls plays over there. But first, these words. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954 Five seven nine zero three five six. That's nine five four five seven nine zero three five six. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. And we're back. Dolphins play the Patriots. Kind of important game. You know, we talked to it. We talked concussions. We talked all kinds of things in the first half of this show. But they actually play a game. And if they win and the Jets lose to the, the Seahawks, which is something that they're pretty good at doing as of late, <laughs> the Dolphins are in the playoffs. And then they're playing the last game against the Jets for seeding, which is all kinds of fun to have a game with no stakes at the end of the year. Maybe you could even start Skylar Thompson, maybe even Tua starts the game. Who, who knows? No, but, <laughs> guarantee. Guarantee Tua is not playing in the game. If it's in a meaningless game. game. If, if it's just receding, no. You hey, know, because the five going, seed, going man. Back, because going back, even even going back to what we just discussed, and I don't want to rehash it, but I mean, like, if it's your if it's your second concussion, and this is his second concussion, then you are expected to miss multiple weeks. Yes, and um, and so I think that that's uh, that's something to take account of here if we're thinking about whether he might play in the Jets game. Um, in, in actuality, he is probably out for both of these games. Uh, particularly with the NFLPA being up up their butt, and um, and and the question really is if they make the playoffs, will Tua be be available for them in the playoffs? Yeah. So Teddy Bridgewater will take the snaps here, and it wasn't too long ago, meaning six months ago, there was some people writing in the in 
in the national media, but even in the local media too. Who's better, Teddy Bridgewater or Tua Tagovailoa? Is this really a competition? You know. Yeah. Right. Uh, Sean Payton said, "I got a bold prediction. Week six, the new quarterback will be Teddy Bridgewater because he'll beat Tua Tagovailoa." Well, we knew all of that was bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so we could toss well, all and, of that, and out. he owned up to it. <laughs> to be fair, he did. He absolutely owned up to that. Sean Payton did. Yeah, he said, "Oh, I'm wrong." Although, you know, you never he know. Said, what... He said not only that he's wrong. He said, he said he believes that this was the most wrong thing. He was the thing that he was the most wrong about of anything the entire season, all across the NFL. Was Which that was was about about you know to a tongue of Iloa and thinking you know really just not thinking all that highly of him and thinking that because he thinks the world of teddy bridgewater his former player yeah um you know thinking that teddy would would take him you know um and and he says you know what not only was i wrong this was the thing that i was most wrong about of anything in the nfl this year mm-hmm. and teddy bridgewater is five and oh with Te- with teron armstead as a starter as his left tackle. So uh, remember, uh, he did not play in the Minnesota game. And Teddy came in the, the Cincinnati game. And, you know, Teddy Teddy played one snap against the Jets when some ghost with binoculars took him out of the game. So he's 5-0. and Even more impressively, I did this stat before the Jet game. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself a do-over, okay, on the Jet game. Okay. Teddy Bridgewater going into the Jet game was 19 and 3 against the spread as a road underdog. Yep, I've heard of this. They saddled him with the loss against the Jets. So I'll come. Oh, they did they? Like yes, that they counts? Did. Yeah, that oh, he played one snap. That's so, some horseshit right there. So he is now 19 and 4 against the spread as a road underdog. Dolphins are now three point underdogs. They opened at one and a half point favorites look i watched every snap uh that teddy bridgewater played in the cincinnati game and the the viking game that was my afternoon that was uh that was my action-packed afternoon there's some good there's a lot of bad in there namely he was running for his life for the most part and i started timing him and i was i was thinking you know maybe he's holding the ball too long you know that not the case uh his left that's tackle not a, that's not a teddy bridgewater characteristic yet either you know yeah. and it's that Opposite. Minnesota game, that Minnesota game, I got a new fresh perspective. Keep Greg Little the fuck away from this team as far as possible. He oh, yeah. was he had, so he, bad he was in that terrible. game. He was terrible in that game. Yeah, it was absolutely. He you allowed. Know, I, I, I wonder, you know, I wonder if they really, they really gave up on him and that after that game. Yeah, he was under siege in that game. He had 200 yards in the fourth quarter, and everybody likes to point to that. And say, hey, look, you know, look at this. 200 yards in the fourth quarter. If Waddle doesn't fumble the ball, they probably win the game. I tend to agree with that because he was starting to find a rhythm, but he was throwing very, very simple things. Do you know what? Mm-hmm. Do you know what? Well, it seems like Mike McDaniel, and, and he found this in both games with Teddy Bridgewater. He kind of found a rhythm with Mike, with uh, Teddy Bridgewater throwing out of empty. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you've seen, and I guess we could spend a little time on this because it's going to be kind of important because he has Teddy Bridgewater has to play an efficient game, namely no turnovers, because I've said this before on Twitter and I've said it on OnlyFans, $3 a month, by the way. <laughs> uh, you don't turn it over against the Patriots, by osmosis, you're going to win because every single one of their wins has like a defensive touchdown or complete meltdowns by the by the opposing team. So if you just go out there and punt every single snap, you should be able to win because you won't turn it over, right? So, <laughs> you know, it really is as simple as that. You could go through every single loss, every single win that the Patriots have had this year. So how do they attack this as far as the passing game? Weather is not going to be an issue. 56 degrees, no rain. It's going to be a beautiful day in Boston. Uh, how would you attack this? And my suspicion is that the return of Mike Gusecki? Your thoughts? Um well, you know that that that's a fair consideration, actually. Um, it affected me a couple of things because I I wonder about you know the old playbook on Teddy Bridgewater um, and you know what he was what he was doing in previous years and previous teams. Something affected me, which is you know right away he came in for Tua Tagovailoa in the um, in the Cincinnati game, and 
you know, you know, Tua's been throwing those passes, those deep balls to uh to Tyreek and to Jalen Waddle, right? And um and he's been he's let's just say that he's hitting a certain distance, right? Um, you know, and and some people are like, you know what? That's Tyreek. You could actually throw that farther. <laughs> you know, you yeah. could you could you could throw that farther and you could and you could let him run under that. Uh, something that affected me, he came into the Cincinnati game, uh, Teddy Bridgewater does, and even though this was not at all his M.O., uh, he went ahead and he threw, he he launched one for Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek had to make a circus catch and the ball was bobbled up and you know all that stuff, but he launched it at a distance of about 62 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, 62 yards through the air, you know, from, from, from throw to catch. And that is a further that is a that is a further distance than what Tua has been doing, and it is appropriate for for Tyreek Hill. So part of me is like, you know, yeah, you know, we're gonna see we're gonna see you know the play action pass with, uh, you know, the the bootlegs and stuff like that. Because honestly, I never thought that Tua got the hang of those, and which is a staple in this offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Teddy actually executes them better. Uh, so yeah, we're going to see stuff like that. Um, even though that's, that's the one that he got kicked out of the jets game for. Um, but he, I, I do think they're going to call more of that. And it's going to be a little bit more short game. You know, we've sucked in the short game this year, uh, kind of, um, you know, the intermediate and the deep areas have been great for Tua, but the short area has, has been problematic. And I think that, uh, Teddy's going to do better with the short area, but also some in back of my mind is going to be like, he is going to wind up and uncork something at like 63 yards, something like that, just because it's Tyreek Hill and, you know, or Jalen Waddle, you know, and, and just do it. So, so I'm, I'm very curious about that. And the second thing that I'm very curious about is, uh, you know, we went through a bad stretch of those three games where the planned starter couldn't play in any of the three games, any of the three mm-hmm. losses. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's very important to a Mike McDaniel offense because he tailors the the the, the game sheet so much to who's playing at quarterback that week, and, and so like you know he, we end up with Teddy Bridgewater in uh, in the Cincinnati game, and you know what that play sheet was designed for Tua Tungavaloa, mm-hmm. and 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 they do different things, they do different things well and and poorly. And so um, I think that uh, it'll be interesting because it'll be interesting to see Teddy approach a game all week as the starter. And let's see if he actually finishes it this time. You know, um, So I think that, uh, yeah, it, it, that's going to be fascinating uh, because, you know, Skylar Thompson, look at what he did in that second game, the, the, um, the jet or what the was Vikings it? Uh, the Vikings game. Sorry. Yeah. The Vikings game. He was on. Um, he sucked fire. against the Jets. Yeah. He sucked against the Jets. Right. But yes. he was thrust into the Jets game the same way. Like he, yeah. he didn't, he wasn't the starter for that game. Play sheet was designed for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And, and Tyler and, Thompson does. And there's the video. There's video from the Jet game of Mike McDaniel pulling cards out of the, the wristband and yeah. saying, okay, we're going to run this crap right here. Which is yeah, like exactly. probably twelve plays, you know what I mean? And and so, I, what was he left with? How many plays was he left with? And and how did the how easy was it for the Jets to get a beat on it for the yes. for the game, uh, for the rest of the game? But I mean, like he, they all three quarterbacks do different things really well, and um and I think that that's been a really probably you know and and you might even you might even put this on the offensive coordinator and on Mike McDaniel. Saying that they need to, they need to, they need to install more, and they need to account for these possibilities better. But either way, it was a big factor. And so, the, if if with with a, a full install and a guy practicing all week, and you know, hopefully, if Teddy finishes the game, starts and finishes the game, then uh, then that's going to be that's going to be a factor. I'd actually be pretty fairly optimistic about this game. Uh, you know, even though I. would Obviously, I would rather have Tua playing, but um, but actually, the, I th- I think there's fair reason to be optimistic here. Yeah, and you know another part of this uh, of the game plan going forward is to try to get these uh, these running backs involved in the passing game. When we signed Chase Edmonds at the start of the season, you know, in in the off season, 
we thought he could catch 70 balls from from Tua Tungabalo. For whatever reason, the running back is almost non-existent on this team mm-hmm. as far as a pass-catching option. It's obviously going to be on the wish list in the offseason. You, you agree with that, right? Yeah, I mean, there's well, there's there's several things on the wish list though. So you know, we'll see we'll see what can get filled and what can't. Um, there's going to be limited resources, so that's a whole yeah. other discussion. <laughs> yeah, but as far as this game, like they have two capable run. I like these guys. I like Raheem Mostert and I like Jeff Wilson. These are good running backs. Good people too, by the way. Yep. You know, you, you kind of want these guys on your team. Good teammates. Good leaders. Okay. Man, get the ball out to them. They've shown this season they can do things when catching the football. Uh, how we haven't been able to to design anything to get them going as far as design passes with those two running backs, I don't get. That was something that actually Adam Gates was really, really good at. Okay? Yeah. You know, uh, those design passes to the running backs. You know, I think that, that it's time that some of that actually makes a return. It's a good thing to hear that Mike McDaniel was speaking the – to Teddy Bridgewater at 10.15 last night, which was Teddy Bridgewater's uh, bedtime, according to Mike McDaniel. You know, <laughs> so they were p- tossing around ideas back and forth, but uh, moving off of the quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, we kind of know what the, the Patriots are going to do as far as offense. You know, they, they have a good running game. Their running game is good. Ramondre Stevenson is a really, really good player. Has a little bit of fumbleitis as of late. Uh, their passing game is really nothing to, to write home about. It's just bad. It's it's a bad passing game. They don't have a, a lot of pass catchers. They're injured. Uh, are you aware that Lynn Bowden might be activated to play defensive back? And I did not make that up, Chris. Did you say defensive back? Yes, I did. Do you remember I Troy not, Brown? I was not aware of that. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember Troy Brown? Yeah, I do. I do. Remember, also. he used to play. He was a dime back. He was the dime back on a couple I of did. Super Bowl champions. Yep. I, they're, they're, I think they're reprising the role for this wow. game they have three defensive backs in concussion protocol of course they're all going to clear by by game time right of course everybody except miami but uh yeah. yeah so they're injured they're not healthy they have some fabulous players on defense that there's no they, they're very very disciplined and yeah we already talked about what they got to do but moving off of the quarterback the coach you get the sense because i do that Mike McDaniel has a little special pressure this week because he can't go 0 for Tua, can he? He's already 0 for 3 without Tua. Can't go 0 for 4. These are inferior. Look, if you want to say Minnesota's better, they're not. But if you want to say they were better, okay. The Jets were not better. Dolphins were, you know, they, the only reason the Dolphins were an underdog is because they didn't have their quarterback. but And they were a one-point underdog in that game. They're not a... They're not inferior to the Jets. You know, what was the other team? Cincinnati. You could say Cincinnati was better. But yeah, Cincinnati and Minnesota are both very good teams. So. Yeah, they're good. You know, although Minnesota, you know, Minnesota has, you know, their issues. You know, when you lose 54 to 3 to to a rival, you know what I mean? There's an issue there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, what are what are the what's their overall record? Is it is it I don't know. I think they have three losses all year. So they're 10 3 or 11 and 3 or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's it's, yeah, it's pretty good. good. But you do you get the same sense I do that Mike McDaniel has a little special pressure, for lack of a better word? Like he has to win a game without Tua, right? Like it just can't be as simple as oh, I don't got my quarterback. I got it. It's time to lose. You know, I think there is added pressure in this game. It's twelve and three, by the way. The Minnesota Vikings are twelve and three. Nice. Vying for that number one seed in the um in the NFC, by the way. They're you know. The Eagles screw up, then Minnesota could take it. But um, so yes, there is pressure, but not because of that. I don't believe it's because you know you need to win a game. Oh, you're a little bit muffled here. Chris. Oh, sorry. Yes, there is there is uh, added pressure. Um, I do 100% believe that. Um, but it's not because uh, he needs to prove that he can win a game without Tua Tagovailoa. It's because they're on a four-game losing streak, and if he gets to a fifth, then uh, Steve Ross's ears will have majorly perked up and said, "What you know? What what the shit is going on here?" And Steve Ross's ears perking up is like major perking upage, right? Yeah, I mean that's 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 yeah. those those, um, those ears are are you know they're significant. They're prominent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I I think that uh, this is this is if you look in the past. 
you know, why was Tony Sperano fired when he was? Well, they lost seven straight games. Yeah. That was, that was, that was literally it, you know? Um, And, you know, at the time that the decision was pretty much made on, uh, on Brian Flores, uh, which, you know, the, so there, there were some things going on there with the whole uh, the Deshaun Watson trade and and everything like that. And there was a lot um, of palace intrigue, uh, general manager and the coach trying to kill each other. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, like you said, palace intrigue. Um, but at that time, that that the things were pretty much uh, determined. Um, what were they? They had lost. They had lost seven in a row. Yes, seven in a row. So. You know, yeah, they they finished out with like uh, with what was it like uh, seven straight wins and and winning uh, winning eight of the last nine. Yeah, but um, but they you know that's those seven losses in a row. Anyway, point point being uh, that Steve Ross, when he sees losing streaks like that, he, he thinks something is seriously wrong and the bloom is off the rose. And so I think that uh, yeah, the the pressure is on. Mike McDaniel, you cannot be the kind of coach um, that you know that that gets off to a nice start, but then you know, wait, what? What the hell? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so I think that uh, I'm trying to think. There's there, there's a couple other coaches that are coming to mind. Uh, the you know what was it? Zorn, Steve Zorn. Did he did he do that once uh, with with Seattle and um and I think it was Washington? Uh, no. Uh, and well, uh, did he do it with Washington or was it C- Jim Zorn? Sorry, Jim Zorn. What am I talking about? Steve Zorn. Who the fuck is Steve Zorn? No um, idea. Jim Zorn is a former Seahawks quarterback who I believe coached the the Washington football team for a little while. Yeah, I think um, he he did that there. Yeah, that's right. When, when he was in Seattle, when he was in Seattle, he was uh, he was just quarterbacks coach. Um, but uh, but yeah, he in Washington that year with Washington, I believe he did something like that. And of course, he was fired. Um, and I think they might have even finished like, you know, they might have even finished uh, like nine and seven that year or something like, you know, still a winning year. Um, but, you know, it. it you lose that many games in a row, uh, it gets you, it gets you fired, man. Um, so yeah, I think that, uh, it was eight and eight, it was eight and eight. And then he entered, um, the next year in Washington, he entered it on the hot seat and, and he did not survive it. So, um, but yeah, anyway, you cannot, you cannot do that. You can't, you can't just lose five in a row like that. And so his, his the pressure on him is immense right now. It's more than people think. And, and this is an informed opinion, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, so, you know, I think more than people think is, is what I would say. Um, so yeah, this is, this is, this is pressures on absolutely to a tongue of ILO or no to a tongue of ILO. I, I don't think that even matters at this point. Yeah. He has to win this game. He has to give a, he has to give the owner a return. <laughs> you know, the owner's yeah. being asked to write all of these checks and you know, who's also on the hot seat is Chris Greer. And I, I think he, Chris Greer is, Look, I think Chris Greer has built a, a good roster. You know, yeah. you know this is a very good roster. Uh, like I said, you know, on OnlyFans, that's three dollars a month, by the way. On OnlyFans, do the is this a good player test? And you get to a very large number of these are good players. Okay. Well, you do that before the season, and it, and it could have been ha- and it's higher. Like that. <laughs> yeah, you know. But, you know, I, I would say that Mike McDaniel has a little leeway because he is the offensive guru that actually delivered um, offensive guru-ness. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right, right. You know, because his offense is going to be in the top five. And I gave you the numbers. 2,000 yards from scrimmage from your, your running back room. Okay? 4,800 yards passing. Your two receivers smashed Mark Clayton and Mark Duper's record by 300 yards, and there's still two games to go. Like, those are numbers. Those are eye-popping numbers. And let's face it, they're box office. They're fun to watch. Okay? Yeah, yeah. You know, every game you get two two or three 50, 60-yard plays. That, that's a fun team to watch. These are good players. But at some point, you need the results. So I think Mike McDaniel, yeah, he's feeling a certain type of pressure. It's, you know, it, bottom line, he's lost four in a row. It can't, yes. it, it really can't be five. It definitely can't be six. And if it's seven, then he's actually in trouble. 
Yes. And, you know, if you look at uh, Robert Sala, he's on the same little streak, and there's a little intrigue over there as well. He wasn't hired by the guy who's returned from from the UK as an ambassador. He was hired by the other guy. Salah is working on losing six of seven. Uh, If you remember, they were in first place. They were in first place. And then they've lost six of seven. As as incredible as that was to believe. (laughs) Yes. And they've they've had an absolute implosion at the quarterback position. Okay. Uh, The future is a disaster. So I guess we'll close here. All right. Because I don't think it's crazy that Robert Salah is fired. I don't think that that's crazy. I think that's a distinct possibility. He was not hired by the guy who is back as the chairman on the team. Josh Boyer is dead man walking. Is he? I I happen to think so. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how. Because not for nothing, but Mike McDaniel was genuinely a big fan. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's going to have something to say about that before all is said and done. Um, but yeah, I, as for Sally, it's not crazy to think that he could be fired, um, especially if they drop the last two games in a row, which uh, is likely is likely. Well, you know, they're well, not, you know, they're playing the they're, Dolphins they're you against know I mean? Seattle, and they're both on the road. They're against Seattle and against Miami and, and both teams need it for, for the, for the playoffs. Seattle needs to win the game to make the playoffs. So I, I think that, you know, it's, 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 it's something, um, but it would be crazy to fire him. <laughs> I say it's not crazy to think he might be fired, but it would be crazy to fire him. But it has the it has although you know we don't know that Robert Sala is a, a complete asshole like Brian Flores, but it would have the same Brian Flores feel actually, wouldn't it? It would, it would. Um, but uh, but I, I don't think that Robert Sala is uh, is Brian Flores. Um, but you know that's that's just that's just from watching him and you know i i don't think that he's the same way but um but yeah it, it would be crazy i think it would i think it would be crazy unless there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we don't know about right but right. um which there was with flores there absolutely was to be fair mm-hmm. um but it would be crazy to fire him it would look crazy i i would you know at, at this point i'm scared that the jets might get Derek carr next season and you know we go back and forth on whether Derek Carr is a good quarterback anymore but you know if they just had a decent quarterback with some of the weapons they have on offense and the defense that they have under yeah. Sally mm-hmm. my god they were in charge of the division and they should have been one of the worst teams in football <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah I fear J- Jimmy G a little bit more but you know well yeah injury concerns yeah yeah but uh yeah, no, nah, and then they're gonna get Brees Hall back next year, who's who's a legitimate rookie. He was he was looking like a rookie rookie of the year candidate. You know, they they got some talent there. Yeah, they have, they have some talent, you know. But you know, I I have a lot of faith in the new in the, the ownership that's returning. They have a way of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. You you know what I mean? It's true. It's true. Yeah, not not unfair. Not unfair to say they're good at fucking things up. But yeah, on Josh Boyer, it's one of those things when you just look around and you just don't have a clue. You know what I mean? You, you know, and, and the defense played fine against the against the Packers, especially with the the the, the special teams handing the ball over and over and over again at the thirty yard line. Like you know, that's not a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. And then opening the game by handing them the ball at the five yard line, <laughs> and your defense gives up a field goal, and you're thinking to yourself, Packers don't have a chance in this game. Yep, and of course they did. But yeah, when you look around, you look at all the talent, and, and you don't have a clue why all your rankings, your defensive rankings, are bad. Then yeah, yeah, you know somebody has to fall on the sword. And I didn't want to be one of those teams that does that dipshit thing where you know you look at a unit and you say, okay, this unit sucked, fire everybody. But it could be one of those situations where yes, they look at a unit and they say, yeah, you know what? Well, let me put it this way for you, and this might make more sense because you know. Josh Boyer, I don't believe is a bad coach. Um, I don't even necessarily know that he's a bad coordinator. He has a fabulous, uh, fabulous resume. The yeah. man, the man worked under Bill Belichick, coaching defensive backs in charge of the cornerback room and the safety room 
for about eight of fifteen years and has three Super Bowl rings. Yeah, I mean he's 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 a good coach, but let me let me, let me put it this way: if if Josh Boyer's defense is a defense that requires, as it as it appears to be this year, it requires Xavier Howard and Byron Jones out there being Xavier Howard, the Xavier Howard we know and love, um, which has not been the case this year. No, and being and being Byron Jones, like he, if he needs though that caliber in the secondary, uh, in the prime of their game, um, then that is a problem because Byron Jones ain't going to be here next year. I'm, I'm, we're, you know, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a bombshell to drop. No, um, his money, his money belongs to Christian Wilkins going, for, going forward. He ain't, ain't going to be here next year. Um, and Xavier Howard, though he may be here next year is clearly not Xavier Howard right now if he ever will be again. And and there's a lot of history for corners falling off falling off a cliff around that 30 around that 30 year old mark. Um there's it is it is a well established history. So uh we do not have the prospect of getting that. And if we have a defensive system and a defensive coordinator who apparently needs that, then that's a problem. We need mm-hmm. we need a new approach. And, and if you're bringing it, in Robert Sala, I not be the guy for the for that approach. And if you're bringing in Robert Sala, then you can make the argument that he has Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, who are really <laughs> probably the best tandem in football. So well, yeah, Sauce Gardner's been tremendous, but um, and DJ Reed is really really underrated, like extremely yeah. underrated. You know, so those are two draft picks that they absolutely hit on. Uh, Dolphins got to mm-hmm. do some of that as far as hitting on cornerbacks because finding guys out of Texas A&M and Commerce. Uh, although Kato Koho is a really nice player, like that's not going to cut it. Go go draft some guys that are going to be blue chip guys, or just buy the fucking guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, they need it. All right, it's uh, we, uh, do they pull it off, or does the pain extend itself to a fifth consecutive loss? Uh, uh, I I think personally, I think you know, I'm sorry, sorry to jump you, but I I, I do think they I do have uh, have some confidence in here and it goes back to over the margin the uh, the incremental you know um the margin of where i'm picking this game of in favor of miami is the fact that teddy bridgewater will have had the entire week of um of practice and a game plan tailored to him uh and i think that that's going to be very meaningful score um the way these games play out with the patriots uh they like to shorten up the game i think that mike mcdaniel might actually appreciate shortening up shortening up the game this this time around yeah he's just gonna want to get the fuck out of there yeah (laughs) so i so i really do i really do you know even though teddy bridgewater do all right i really think it's going to be like even if not a if not a 20 to, to 13 type of affair then maybe a 23 to 13 or to 16 type of affair um, but yeah, I think that it's going to be, it's going to be around there. Yeah. I see something similar this season. If you look at it has really been short of heroes. All the, all the heroics happened like in the first three games. If you think about it, there were some near heroics, uh, in the losing streak actually, but you know, that I guess the Detroit game, you can't call it heroic when you just hold on with a, with a four point lead for an entire, an entire quarter, like they did against Detroit, uh, Chicago, eh, not really. You know, that, that that game was just, you know, Chicago coming back and then holding on. We've been short of heroes this year. I think we need one now, and I think we'll get one, and I think we get a big game from Jeff Wilson. Uh, 100-yard game. I think we bore people to death with our, our game plan and the game, actually. And I think we went like 20 to 12, something like that. You know, I, I I hope you're right because uh, I hope you're right about Jeff Wilson because I wasn't very happy with what he was doing in the previous in, in this last game, um, and uh, you know I thought they left a lot on the field and I thought it was Raheem Mostert that's can that's been the hot hand the last couple of weeks, and um, and it would be nice to see Jeff Wilson getting getting really on track and just having a great game here, um, but personally I think that Mostert might still be the more likely. Yeah, and I think I think Teddy Bridgewater throws something like twenty two passes in this game. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. You know, run the ball, bore them to death, and if you could get 
you know, get one of our guys behind their guys, that'd be a good thing to just win the game. Yeah. You know, and then we're all Geno Smith fans. Are you aware that Geno Smith is going to get a big ass contract at the end of the year? Oh, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am flabbergasted. Uh, do you remember yeah. when you guys laughed at me when I said, I want him as the backup? <laughs> we did. We fully laughed. Like, yeah, I, I was a genius. You was see, bad. I was ahead of my time. I was like two years ahead of my time. I, I still think you were crazy somehow, but also right. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Geno Smith. Yeah, we'll, we'll all be Geno Smith fans, hopefully, at 430. Because if the Dolphins lose, it doesn't really matter. Dolphins cannot be eliminated on Sunday. Yeah. If they lose, it just means it sets up a winner-take-all match against the, the Jets. That's all that right. means, if they lose. Yeah. But if they win, yes, we are Geno Smith fans at 430. Let's hope we are Geno Smith fans at 430. First, we get to be Teddy Bridgewater fans, and then we get to be Geno Smith fans. But what you know an what? awful existence. Shout out, shout out to Teddy Bridgewater. Grew up in Miami, lifelong Dolphins fan. His, family's, uh, his family are Dolphins fans. Yes. He gets to quarterback the Dolphins into, you know, pseudo playoff games at the end of this year. Um, you know, big time games, real big time games. Gets the chance to be a hero in his hometown for his home team, his favorite team uh, in the biggest of situations. I mean, just, you know, that that's that could be a dream come true scenario for that guy. And yeah. um, and that's, you know, that's so so. Shout out to that. Um, and if Tua doesn't play for the rest of the year, then we could be looking at Teddy Bridgewater, the hometown kid, you know, guy trying to win us our first playoff game in two decades. Yeah, that, try to pull a, a Nick Foles. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 something. So you know, it's not nothing. You know, that that's that's something for us to pay attention to. Yeah, or we're all of, just going to probably bitch about Tua anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, speaking of Nick Foles, I saw him play against the the Chargers. I saw Justin Herbert play an, an absolutely awful game, and then I saw Nick Foles play an even worse game. So <laughs> that, that, that was not fun. So, yeah, the Nick Foles thing, that, that's over with too. Yeah. All right. We will talk to you guys on Monday. It'll be January 2nd, 2023. It'll be a brand new year. And the Dolphins will be 0-0 in the – well, no, because they're playing uh, – yeah, so they would be 1-0 or 0-1 in the brand new year because they're playing on January 1st. You know, and I keep saying it, uh, you know, maybe this will be the year that the Dolphins have a normal one. <laughs> this has not been a normal year. It's been exhausting. No, no. I keep thinking that, that you know, you know, we're due a normal one. But but no, we're due to win like eight Super Bowls in like 10 years. Yeah. I'm... Because the the amount of not even heartache like this is this is abuse at this point. You okay. know, I just, I just, I almost just would settle for a normal one. <laughs> yeah, what's so wrong with a, what's so wrong with ten and seven? Weird ass shenanigans, you know. Yeah, what's wrong with ten and seven? You win a playoff game, you lose in the divisional round by ten points, and you go home. You know what I mean? Sure. You know what's wrong with that? You know, sure. I'll take that. Take it. Take it. <laughs> you know, you know. But all right, let's let let's hope that we're celebrating. And look, we are gonna fucking celebrate this thing. All right, because. As much pain as we've been put through for this season, we make the playoffs on Sunday and we're watching a meaningless game the following Sunday. We're going to gloat for an entire week. We're going to enjoy the hell out of this. And we'll probably talk Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, and Cincinnati Bengals the entire week as those will be what the prospect. If, what the if most. week 18 against the Jets is actually like the Skylar Thompson uh, revenge game? Yes. Because like, he, so, he was so bad against them, right? Like Yes. You know, he, he came in as the backup. They had no play sheet whatsoever, and you know, yeah, our best play against the Jets was ha was outside zone with Raheem Mostert because he ran for 137 yards in that game, and just throw it as far as you can and get 40 yard penalties on Sauce Gardner. That yeah, was our much. entire game plan against yeah. the Jets. <laughs> so yeah, just hope for the PI flag. Yes, let's hope that on Monday we are celebrating clinching a playoff spot a week early. That would, be, that would be phenomenal. That would be phenomenal. All right. Enjoy the 31st. You know, don't get too crazy out there. Get, get your designated drivers right. Get your drivers. You know, Uber, it's a free app, people. You deposit a little bit of money, you can use it. You know, drink up, have a great time, but be responsible. And then enjoy New Year's. And we will talk to you on Monday. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, 
or your usual podcast provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.